Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your regular host, Alex Canlorcus, here to introduce you to today's special episode, an interview with FIA President Jean Todd. Now, with much of the world on lockdown due to the coronavirus pandemic, concerns are rising about the economic costs that will follow the healthcare horror caused by the virus. Global sport has already been greatly impacted by the current situation, but there are pressing questions about what happens next, if things will go back to normal, or if things need to change in many major championships, including Formula One. So here is the full interview with Todd, which also features questions about the latest discussion with F1 stakeholders regarding the current crisis, as well as an update on one of the big stories from earlier in 2020, which is Ferrari's 2019 controversial engine settlement with the FIA. This interview was conducted by Motorsport Network President James Allen and Motorsport.com F1 editor Jonathan Noble. Let me start, Mr. President, by asking, so where are you based at the moment and dealing with the, the challenges that, that all of us are facing at, at this time of working remotely? And, and certainly in your case, I mean, not traveling, which must, must be a, a very, very different from your normal pattern of life. A different, but uh, I said, you know, it's a unique experience to make your reassessment about uh, the world in which we are, how fragile is the world, how blessed I am with my surrounding. You know, incidentally, uh, I'm here confined with a limited uh, group of my staff, uh, with uh, our people who work uh, always at home in our country house in France, uh, with a few friends, and including my son and his girlfriend, who was the victim of the virus. So, I mean, uh, uh, but she, she, was, she was confined and uh, now she's fine. She's probably the most safe amongst us because she got it. 
and uh, so far it seems that nobody nobody got it and then uh, you know i'm i don't see the day going by because i'm busy all the time five minutes ago and that's the reason why i'm late i was uh, with the sport minister in kenya to speak about uh, the world rally uh, championship uh, and as you know we have uh, one event in kenya and incidentally i just got SMS and um, as you know I speak uh, with promoters with teams with my team uh, with uh, my UN group so I'm very busy tell us about the thinking uh, behind the tweet that you sent out recently regarding the new deal so what is the content and an idea behind this new deal I mean in fact the new deal you know it's simply and again you know in each disaster in each crisis you have a lot of bad but you have uh, some good so among the good is that um, we have the opportunity of making things better for the future globally and mainly in formula one we raised some uh, heights mm -hmm. which for me are not reasonable and which need to address and incidentally i was uh, calculating uh, this morning that with what we want to impose on the teams that together with the Formula One group. I mean, the budget would be with the new figures between $150 million for a small team, up to over 300 for a big one, which does not include the cost of the development of engine for manufacturers, which is still crazy. So can you imagine where we are? And still, we face resistant from some of them. So again, and so reassessment, decisions uh, to be taken, but not only on Formula One, but uh, I mean on, on Formula E, on uh, Endurance Championship, on Rally Championship, on Touring Car Championship, on Karting, I mean everywhere we need, so that's, uh, that's what you call the New Deal. New Deal is a new situation. It's a recalibration. Yeah. We've seen motorsport be very proactive in helping this response to coronavirus. What does this say about the qualities of motorsport companies and their value to the wider world? I would say, you know, it's time uh, of solidarity, in incidentally, and that's also part of my discussion. We know we, I was mentioning about the Brennan Spinal Cord Institute. Every day I speak with Professor Gérard Saillant, with, as you know, also the president of the Medical Commission. And in FIA, we have installed what you would call a, a crisis uh, team. They meet by video every two days to follow the evolution and among the topic is i mean how we can participate now and later because uh, it will be some sequels when the thing is over so we need to see what will be we are talking about new deal but i mean how can we make things to help after the crisis and also to take into consideration the the crisis and uh, to create uh, harmony between uh, international structure like uh, IOC, FIFA, uh, Athletism Federation, FIM, so I mean, with uh, UCI, see how all together we can come with some ideas, some program, and uh, some support. And of course, involving also big organizations. Uh, where you know we have clubs in 150 countries, of mobility and sporting club. I mean, how can we can we progress together with uh, Red Cross, an organization 
of such, just to to make sure that we do take into account what is just happening and which is changing the life for a lot of people. Do you see the manufacturers uh, investing as before at the same level? Each manufacturer has his own policy. The number one thing we must make sure, because you know it's very easy, and I, and I, I must confess I sympathize with that. I don't think that the priority number one now for a manufacturer is uh, to secure continuity in motor racing. I, I was just uh, reading a UN report today uh, on the SDG, which is planning 25 million people losing their job. In a way, that's why I do respect the problem of each company. But if a company is losing a few dozens of people in a racing team, I don't think it is dramatic. What the thing which will be dramatic will be to lose four teams in Formula One, for example. So we we must not see, and I really hope that everybody will take the full picture, but not one individual picture. And that's what we try to do with Formula One Group. So you think there's a real concern you might lose up to four teams in Formula One then without proper action? Of course. I mean, I, I was saying the, the low figure is 150 million. It's a lot of money. You know, another problem we will have to face is the interest. Because when all that will be over, do you still want to go to, to a race? You still want to go to, to a sport uh, game? Uh, you still want to go to the theater? You still want to go to the restaurant, to the movie? So you will have to learn how to start again, you know, because at the moment we are all confined. I mean, uh, depending uh, where, who, how, you know, it's something, uh, I mean, you are, that was your first question. You are asking me if I was uh, missing uh, traveling. Honestly, I'm not missing traveling. It's different. I mean, what would be my first thought when I'm again with my bags uh, at uh, the airport uh, waiting to border? I will, I will think differently. Clearly, you know, all that is a lot on, on education. But I think on the good part, why we are disciplined? Because, I mean, it's a lot of... Uh, Emotion and right emotion and, and people are scared. You know, I just was talking with a neighbor next and I, I think, will you come and see me? I, will, I wanted to ask him. He said, but uh, you want me to put my mask? I mean, he said, and myself, you know, I, I never thought. I mean, why we have discipline? Because there is a strong guidance from government to be disciplined and because we are scared of what could be the consequences. And if we will be disciplined like that, on the road, believe me, with my hat of road safety, which incidentally will be one positive effect, because I'm sure that the figures will drop drastically, like CO2 will drop drastically, emission, because it's a new life. So I really hope that uh, when we start again, you know, it will be a new deal as well. Motorsports obviously very fragmented as well at the moment. There's you know lots of different um, sports, or lots of different categories. Um, how do you think the the landscape across different categories um, is going to look after this as each series looks has its own different challenges to survive? I'm sure that uh, a lot of small teams, a lot um, of medium teams, a lot of suppliers, a lot of manufacturers. Uh, they may have to review their programs. 
they may be constrained to stop. So clearly, we will have some. I was mentioning earlier. Um, I mean, the, the cost. I think the the cost for society will be between three hundred billion to uh, three trillion. It's massive. Twenty five million people of unemployment. It will affect. But I mean, you at your level. I'm sure it's going to affect mm -hmm. you. You know, so clearly all the world is today affected by the virus and will be affected. So here we will need. We will see. I mean, how you can be making the difference by acting properly for the restart, and that's the challenge. But do you think the levels of cost control will need to be much, much stricter? That even people are thinking about now. We hear in Formula One the 150 million levels being talked about. But do you think realistically things need to be even tighter than that? The budgets have to come down dramatically for long-term survival. So I mean, dramatically, honestly, from where we were, it's already dramatic. Maybe dramatic is not the proper word, but drastic. You know. So um, so that was in yeah, the intention because I was mentioning earlier we raise unacceptable situation too high. You know, and it, you always, it's always a balance between doing something and thinking is it worth doing it. So it was putting the sport at risk. That's why, I mean, the teams have understood that, including the biggest teams. So I would say, together with Formula One, we have been working very closely, hand in hand and positively to address the situation with the support of the teams. What is important is to see the level of the support. And of course, we have different voices between the small, medium, and big. So we need to convince the big ones that the step which was planned was not enough, which is done, and the step proposed is still not enough. That's why, and normally on Friday, we should make final decision, but again, we we must do that with proper analyze, proper figures. It is uh, important that uh, I mean we get a very strong input, a very strong coordination, cooperation from all the stakeholders to do something professionally well done. Do you believe realistically it will be possible to hold a, a motor race in front of? Uh, fans in 2020? I do believe so. I do believe. And honestly, I hope so. I hope so because, uh, and again, we we will need it. I was mentioning the enjoyment, the passion. So I think it's something which is needed. It has to be properly done. It has to be well balanced because I was saying earlier, you know, if today somebody will tell you, let's go to the restaurant, honestly, you don't feel like going to the restaurant. If it would have been three months ago, you would have jumped to go to the restaurant. So, I mean, your, your thoughts at the moment, your, your brain is different. Your worry, your concern are different. So, it will take some time. It will come back, you know. But I really hope that it will come back better. I will really hope that people will realize, and again, it starts to what we said, how fragile is human nature, that we don't have any reasons to be full of ourselves, you know, that we must be very humble, very humble, because 
And, you know, it's the same, like, we are not affected. The big difference with this pandemic, each single citizen around the world has, will, or will be affected. Which is not the same when you see one earthquake uh, arriving in Indonesia where uh, you, you see the beach destroyed, the building destroyed, southern people dead. You don't feel so much concern. You are sad because it's, you think it will not happen to me. When you see a volcano erupting, the same. But here we see something which is affecting all of us. Going back to the discussion we were having earlier about the, the desire to make the sport more accessible, which is a constant drive, I know, of, uh, of the FIA. What do you think about the rise of esports during this time? Because we've talked before about how motorsport esports is so close to the real things in terms of the control inputs, unlike a lot of other, unlike a lot of sp- other sports and games. Uh, you must be pleased to have seen the, just the, the amount of buy-in that there has been, partly, I guess, for entertainment and a, a distraction, but also it's been a positive for, for motorsport esports, right? I must uh, confess, you know, I'm a bit old. I'm, I'm very old. Incidentally, you see now the big step. I'm using... Oh, oh yes. <laughs> I have two. I'm trying to see generation. I speak with my wife with, uh, with iPhone. Now we're in Visio, which is something fascinating. And I'm sure, you know, I, I will be much more strict with our people when they travel and all that to go meeting or even our elected people or commissions because we can see that we can work very well by that. That's part of the positive things. Now, I mean, e-sport is something we started. And I mean, you, you may remember that uh, last year in Rome, uh, during the motorsport games, we had a championship, and uh, years ago, I remember, was it uh, two years ago in uh, January, in Las Vegas, we had a Formula E race in uh, Las Vegas with uh, e-games. We created an e-game uh, commission. Last uh, Sunday night, uh, I looked at the race on e-game, but I must confess, I mean, I don't have the same emotion. You know, for me, when I am watching a race, uh, uh, on the spot or on TV, I have a lot of emotions. Here, it's probably good fun. Uh, I don't feel I would like to be a, a competitor, uh, but uh, I mean, the consequences are different. You know, when you see a car spinning, when you see a car hitting the wall and restarting immediately uh, after, it's different, but still, it's a, well, and a good combination because it took professional drivers who give some interest and enthusiasm to that together with some uh, e-game uh, competitors. So it's, it's good. I would say uh, I'm sure we can develop that and it's a part of the, of the program, but uh, nothing uh, will uh, substitute uh, the reality. John, moving back to Formula One, there are obvious concerns that not all the current teams will survive this crisis. Um, big financial difficulties for them. The FIA has done a lot, factory shutdowns, delaying the regulations, a push to bring the cost cap down. What else needs to be done and what else can be done to help save the current 10 teams? So, I mean, it's something we address almost on a daily basis with Chase Carey, with Ross, with everybody, with my FIA team, with uh, the competitors. So I think we, honestly, I, I don't want to be too confident, but uh, we're on the spot. I, I hope 
and again, it's a kind of interest. I hope that um, a few team owners or team sponsors will keep the motivation. That's why we must make sure we don't discourage them. Because, you know, they may say, okay, I mean, after all that, what is the purpose? Do I still like it? Do I still need it? So we must encourage them to make sure they still like it and they feel still they need it. So on that, we have a responsibility. I cannot speak on their behalf. I don't know their, uh, into detail their business, the way they are. And, uh, and that has been in Formula One since uh, the existence of Formula One, people coming and leaving. But I hope that at this present time, they will stay. Are you confident that the current independent teams and manufacturers will stay for 21? Or do you expect one or more to not continue? I'm hoping that everybody will stay. That's why we must, we must listen to everybody. And even the big one. You know, in the life, you must never give anything for granted. So we, we must consider every team. Because, and again, we must be humble. We love it, but it is not essential for the society. So we must make sure that we, we make uh, proper choices, proper decisions. Do you think more of the sport will need looking at and revamping that, you know, having huge motorhomes, having thousands of staff flying to races, that we need a new business model for Formula One? But we are working on that. I mean, that we are working all the, all the day, you know, all the day we are working on that. I'm not so bothered on, on motorhome or, or something like that, because that is not, uh, I would say, that is visible, but that is not uh, a deal breaker in Formula One, the motorhome. You know, we have, we have other things which are much more, much more important. What sort of other changes do you believe F1 is, is going to need to make to become more sustainable now as we enter this new era? I mean, I think all what we are proposing now is going in the right direction. And, uh, and it's, uh, I'm sure you, you, know, you, know, you know very well on the, I mean, on the expenditure. Mainly today we need, to, we need to address costs. We need to address the discrepancy between small, medium and big. We need to be reasonable. And uh, including the engine. Jean, Formula One's obviously not the only category uh, that's being hit right now. As you were saying before, pretty much every aspect of society, every individual is touched by, by this. And it's the same across the board in motorsport. What, what other involvement is the FIA having at, at, at different levels? And do you feel that we're heading towards more consolidation, uh, a less fragmented landscape going forward as a result of this? So, I mean, involvement, I mean, we have involvement all the championships, international, talking with all our national motorsport federation, because they all have issues to address in every part of the world. Uh, and, of course, uh, with the mobility part of the organization, uh, we must be very, very close to, to our members. So, and we also must be very close to our staff. So, you know, it's, if you are in crisis, it's a time to, to demonstrate um, authority and responsibility. And maybe, and, uh, and in fact, that's one of the reasons we are here, and also communicate better, you know, because, uh, I mean, people want to know, and incidentally, you know, on communication, I'm communicating uh, by, uh, by message I send to our employees, uh, I mean, 
again, who are, uh, who are curious, who are worried, uh, and uh, we need to communicate uh, also with uh, all our members, our clubs. So it's very important uh, that they see that there is a strong governance on top of the of the organization, and uh, of course with the, with the promoters, with the, the pro national promoters, with our global promoters. I mean, I think we have never been so close and so and so in contact that those last months. Do you think that's one of the sort of positive ironies of, of this situation is that we've never been closer and yet uh, in terms of all the people we're communicating with it and yet we are and yet and we know, are separate? It's a good opportunity to know better who is around you. So sometimes you have good surprise, sometimes you have bad surprise, but uh, I mean what I tell you, you see the same for you. You know what I tell you, you have exactly the same problem, you face exactly the same things. I would say it's a unique human experience. When racing does resume, what assurances are you going to ask from the um, organisers and commercial rights holders so that we don't end up in a situation like Australia where teams are travelling to events, fans are going to events and we end up with no race? So I'm happy you speak about Australia because I think Australia, I mean the decision to go to Australia was the right one. And you can see it had been one amazing acceleration of the facts and when the decision was to go to australia there was no reason not to go to australia and then it was an acceleration of events the world was shaking you had this um, unfortunate uh, case uh, with um, mclaren employees then mclaren decided that uh, in those circumstances they could not participate i asked um, over the phone to FIA and the form to to meet with the teams. At the time, I mean, it was uh, quite of uh, different opinions. The organizers in Australia, the medic, the government in Australia, the medical authority were telling us that there was no reason to change the program of the weekend. And every minute, I would say, change until on the Friday morning, three hours before, where we got enough confidence that we should not do it. I think it's not a moment where you should blame to each other. You should try to understand. I will say the, to blame, particularly at the present time, is the easiest thing you can do. So one week after that, in France, it was the election for the mayor. Honestly, France was much more affected than Australia one week before. For me, it is unfair to criticize what was happening in Australia. It's cool, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, it's in the other part of the world. It's the longest trip of the, of the year and all that. But uh, you need to anticipate. I am sure that the freight, air freight, boat freight and all that started months before. So it was no, not enough re reason rational to say, we don't go there. So that's my, my very sincere opinion. How, how do we prevent a, a repeat scenario in the future? Because obviously at some point a decision is going to be made to start racing again, and then especially if we're trying to get 10 races, 15 races, 18 races. It will be a global revisitation of the 2020 
sporting calendars. You know, so I, we are not anymore in the state of saying this one is cancelled. So, and I think it's something also we discussed with the promoters and of course with uh, with Chet and his team. You know, maybe it has to be decided that uh, when we start again with all the conditions and uh, I mean the confidence that we can start again, maybe it will be at the same date of one event today in the calendar in a completely different uh, different place. So here we will need flexibility, creativity. And uh, you know what is very important, I say I can, we can accept wrong choice, mistakes. Again, I don't consider a mistake Australia. We need to learn from Australia. We need to learn from some others. I think it was 10 or uh, even about 10 days after, we were in a rally in uh, in Mexico. And then I remember during the night, they they called me and they say, "Mm, there is some anxiousness. And honestly, the reason why we decided to end up the rally on Saturday night rather than on Sunday, it was more because we wanted to answer to the emotion of the competitors than to the need because it was not a real need at this time not to do the Sunday. I think it's very important, uh, I was talking, you realize, our people, to demonstrate solidarity, indulgence, you know, and that's, and be, be together, be together. How, how many races do you think are realistic? I, I would say at, at the moment, all the organization are closed, some people are supposed to be on a holiday, it's what I say to my assistant, take, enjoy your holiday. No, I'm kidding. And I think, again, everybody will be prepared to, to contribute to the situation. So once we know we can start, I think we could, uh, we could really see uh, two to three uh, Grand Prix a month. So if you start in uh, July, August to December, so July, August, September, October, November, December, six months, from five to six months, multiplied by uh, by three, it gives you one option. But don't forget, we may face situation when uh, when an organizer can hold the event safely, and eventually will say, "I don't feel like I don't want. I don't feel in the mood to hold the event." So probably this kind of situation could occur. One event is one celebration. We may be in a situation where everything is put together to do it, but there is no real feeling to celebrate. Is it possible that the cha- the championship could roll over into January of next year, for example? I think, I mean, it's something we have been discussed. Really, that's in the hand of the commercial right holders because they have some uh, commercial uh, uh, contracts, contracts. So, I mean, for us as governing body, it's just a decision to say yes or to say no. But um, it doesn't look probable. Would it be possible, if you had to, to have maybe some races behind closed doors in order to get racing again and fulfil those broadcast contracts? All that are possible options. Has any good positives come out of this crisis? We've seen some evidence of more flexibility from teams regarding rules. We saw Mercedes accepted DAS ban staying in place for 21. Ferrari accepted the rules delay even though their current car isn't as competitive. Do you feel there are some different approaches and different mentalities? I do. Not enough, but I do. 
If I can just change the topic onto another big talking point in the build-up to Australia was the Ferrari issue, obviously, your press release and the, and the team's responses. Do you understand why this original gang of seven teams, but now six teams, were unhappy with the situation? Since then, I mean, we have been exchanging uh, different uh, correspondences and we have time to write at the moment. I will sympathize to be, to be curious. On one, but on the other side, I will say the way FIA has approached, I think I've done it the most professional it could do. So let's make some story about that. And then it's something also which was uh, suggested by some competitors that Ferrari could be out of the rules. So for months, we have been on the back, I mean we, I mean our technician, have been on the back of Ferrari to try to understand if what they were doing were regular, legal or not legal. And I must say myself, I put quite a lot of pressure to our teams to make as many control as needed, saying that we don't need to do that only because somebody kind of whistleblower is telling us. So we need to make sure that each single team is running the show legal. And um, I encourage, and I felt, honestly, one of the things probably was most frustrated thing for me in their letter was to say that I tried to dissuade them to protest, which was all the opposite. And individually, when I spoke with them, they said, it's true. So I say, why? You say it is true. Why did you write that? So I think it is clear that I encourage them, if they were not happy, to make a protest. So we could have been laxist. Nobody did a protest. We could have leave the thing like that. So still, we wanted to go to the top of the problem. So we run very, very complex verifications to try to understand the problem. And then we end up, after the championship, and, and, and again, uh, we, we make a control on Leclerc's car in Abu Dhabi, and uh, the stewards decided that uh, it was a human mistake, uh, and they import a fine. And again, we could say, okay, it's fine. We still pushed a lot to have a full understanding of the, of the situation. And I must say, most of the top teams were saying, we want to understand, but they said the most important things is that whatever is understood, the situation will be clear for 2020. So we changed the regulations for 2020, where we were sure that it will not be any kind of ambiguity with the regulations. And then when we arrived to conclusions, we felt that what Ferrari did was not legal, which they debated. They say it is legal. So I could have decided to give that to the Court of Appeal. We don't know what would have been decided by the Court of Appeal. It may have taken years, which was not in the interest of Formula One, or that was the condition with Ferrari, which is planned, and I always take my note on that just to make sure, which is planned in the Article 4 
of the judicial and disciplinary rules. But unless Ferrari will allow us to give the detail, which we will be very happy. Honestly, if you ask me, I would love to be able to give the whole detail of the situation. But they do oppose to that. So, I mean, they have been sanctioned, but we cannot give the detail of the sanction. And clearly, we could have said nothing, but we felt that it would have been wrong not to say that the Ferrari case had been discussed and that they had been sanctioned. So, I mean, honestly, that's very simple, very simple. And I mean, we have put so much effort to go to one to our conclusions, which they don't, they don't agree. They don't agree. And unfortunately, and you know, that's a, that's a very much, that's a complicity of technical matter because our technicians say, I mean, we cannot for sure demonstrate as much as we should that they were not legal. You've obviously given your response to the teams. The World Motorsport Council has given you its unanimous support for what you've done. Do you now consider the matter closed from your perspective? Or do you so, I mean, incidentally, you know, I spoke individually with some uh, of the seven teams. Uh, one of them uh, decided that he was completely out of it, despite having been one of the leaders. I don't know the or one of, because depending with whom you speak. Since then, I never heard uh, about, um, I mean, any other uh, state of uh, soul. I read in the press that it was a discussion between two chairmen. I received a letter from the, one answer to my letter, which was, uh, I don't know if you saw this letter, but uh, it was, uh, I mean, uh, Olivier can show you the letter. I don't have any problem on that. Uh, and I received one answer uh, to them where they confirm that uh, they understand the position of the FIA. That means that they're happy of the position of the FIA and they would love uh, Ferrari to allow the visibility of the case, which I would love too, but we can't. Your technicians could not prove Ferrari broke the regulations. There was no, no guarantee of proof it happened. Yeah. How can teams trust the FIA to police complicated regulations I mean, that is, a, that is a fair point. But, you know, it has always been. It's probably more complex now. But saying that, if you see the organization of FIA now, on the technical side, compared to what it was, you know, uh, but it was at all the level. You know, that, that is why. But, you know, I think in a modern world, with whistleblower, with all that, I mean, it makes things much more difficult for a responsible to ask is some of his team members to be a complice of a wrongdoing. And, you know, with the people changing from one team to another one, it makes the thing very difficult. But, uh, I mean, if you tell me, can you guarantee that whatever happens you will be able to detect, the answer is no. Coming back to the, the crisis that's, that's going on around us, does it make you consider whether you should stay on past the current mandate beyond the end of 2021 to help steer motorsport through the, the new deal and, and, the, and the aftermath period? Are you reflecting? 
I quite love a lot of what I do. I'm blessed to still have the passion and the energy. All what I do for me is a kind of payback. Because all what I do is as a volunteer. Uh, but uh, we change the status to limit the number of mandates. And uh, I will not change, even if sometimes it's a very much request, but I will not change the, the status to do more than the three mandates I hopefully will have been able to achieve. And finally, Jean, what's your message to all motorsport fans around the world in this difficult time? In a way, my message is what, uh, how we initiated. You know, first, uh, I mean, uh, I really wish the best to everybody. Uh, I hope that everybody will, uh, will learn out of that. You know, we'll, uh, we'll learn that we are fragile. We are fragile, that we must be humble that there is strengths which are much, much higher than what we think we are, uh, that in a way we are blessed. We are blessed and, you know, that's why it's something we discussed already several times more with you than uh, with uh, Jonathan, but uh, that's why I'm so interested in other activities of my responsibility as president of the FIA and the UN Secretary General Special for Road Safety because I see atrocities somewhere else, you know, and uh, I really hope that uh, we will learn out of it, again, integrity, humility, uh, and we will understand when we get out of that, that one of the reasons we got out of it, it's because we have been listening to the instructions from the government because we have been scared also at personal level because we did not know if it could happen to us or to people around us and being cautious we have allowed to get out of this horrible tunnel it's something to learn out of that thank you very much okay no i mean uh, happy to thank you for giving me the opportunity thank you stay safe okay thank you well, thanks to James and Jonathan for that discussion with Jean Todd. What did you make of his comments? Are you reassured or still concerned about the future of motorsport? Do feel free to get in touch on Twitter at our handle at Autosport, as well as on our Facebook and Instagram pages. Now do look out for a follow-up podcast that will be coming very soon, where I'll be joined by John and also Luke Smith and Stuart Cuddling, where we'll be discussing Todd's words. Until then, stay safe and well. Thank you very much for listening. And very finally, thank you to our producer Martin Lee for editing this episode. Music is 6am by Trilo, written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com slash Trilo Music.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.